Always weeping and asleep. Always thinking of you. Hello and welcome to the Cinevals. Um. So today, on a very special episode of the Cinevals, we are reviewing. The Saint. Um, this is the movie that inspired this podcast so mm-hmm. many years ago. It's three. I don't remember how many years ago. I <laughs> mean, either we were trying to figure out if it was three or four or a million or a million. Okay, so it's twenty twenty one now. What the future? Was it pew pew? Was pew. it two thousand and seventeen? That sounds right. Yeah. Or 2018. Sounds good, too. When did I leave the country? I left in 2018. You did? Yes. I left in September of 2018. What is time? I know. I guess 2017. Yeah. At least. It could have been 2006. Wait, when did you move in? Hmm, 2017. (laughs) Okay, great. So that was the year. That was when it happened. That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Wow. It's been a journey. Thank you for being with us. Or if you're new, come be with us. Yeah, come be with us. Yeah. Why it take you so long to find to listen to our podcast? Yeah, you know what's nice? You have this entire backlog to discover now. Oh my gosh, oh my amazing. God. And don't we all have so much free time these days? Isn't it true? Ooh. <laughs> Actually, I have no free time. No, the, the millennial hustle is real. It's true. I have 10 jobs, it's not enough. No. Never. Mm. Um <laughs> <laughs> So the saint this is a movie. This movie started this podcast. Yep. Allie, what was, before we dive into specifics about 1997's The Saint, uh-huh. the feature film, Yes. Um, what is your first memory of The Saint or connection to it? I rented this movie from VHQ in Lethbridge um, when I was, I'm going to say junior high. Okay. So maybe early 2000s. Mm. So I'm, I definitely, I definitely watched it on a VHS. <laughs> Great. And so I rented it and I watched it and then I immediately rewound the movie because <laughs> I was kind. Mm-hmm. And then I watched it again. And I think <laughs> I watched it nonstop all, for a full 48 hours. Oh, because when I was in junior high, this movie was the ultimate. It was the it was the penultimate movie in terms of action, romance, mm-hmm. comedy. Oh yeah. It was it was the ultimate. And after watching it tonight, I still feel that way. <laughs> this movie is perfection. I love it so much um i can't so there are some movies that i can point to that i'm like oh that was a really big influence on my personality development like tank girl Mm. was really influential in like my development of a personality right i can't say that about the saint (laughs) but i do think that this movie was really influential in uh my uh 
artistic taste. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I Um, certainly do. (laughs) So, yeah. Uh, I just think it's perfect, and I love it. End of podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Beep boop. Beep boop. Uh, That's really funny. Uh, firstly, I just want to, I, I just want to speak to the, the experience of like watching the movie and then immediately rewinding and watching it again. And first I want to share my dad's (laughs) experience with that. One time my dad emailed me, no, this was a phone conversation. This was a, this was a conversation my dad told me about, um, a movie that he'd watched on DVD that he'd like ripped a DVD of, watched it. The DVD came out of the player. He immediately pushed the DVD back in and watched it immediately again. (laughs) And it was limitless. (laughs) Why? I know, which is really funny because I saw that movie in theaters with you. (laughs) It's trash. It's terrible. Wait, we saw that movie together? I think so. I have no memory of that movie. Uh, It's not very good. No, because there's the the part at the end where he drinks blood that has... So Bradley Cooper, he does a brain pharmaceutical pill. drug. He gets a brain pill and uh-huh. makes him limitless. Yeah. There's a really great joke on The Office where they're going on a like a work field trip and um, they're going to put a DVD in and Daryl is like, I have limitless. And Phil says something like, oh, I know that movie. That's where he goes limitless. <laughs> It's really funny. That is very funny. Yeah. Um, and at the end of it, he's losing, he's lost his, the brain power drug. He's not, um, kept in supply of it, but the villain has. So the villain's like very, the villain has taken a lot of it. He gets cut. And so Bradley Cooper like drinks his blood from the floor. Like not even from him, like from cast off blood from the environment. I a hundred percent blacked out (laughs) and completely wiped that movie from my memory. That's probably for the best. My dad watched it twice in a row. Um, What are movies that you watched over and over again? Moulin Rouge. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Uh huh. Yeah. I watched the Lizzie McGuire movie. (laughs) Uh, Okay. So let me paint the picture for you. Please do. It was my sweet 16 birthday party. (laughs) My dad. um, So uh, my, my, even though it was like getting a little bit after it was like on that cusp of like, summer and fall my dad so this is gonna sound like a brag it's not a brag (laughs) I had a pool growing up uh at my dad's house and um so my dad uh heated the pool for the for a like (laughs) for a late September birthday party and I had a boy girl party and we all swam in my dad's pool oh my god that's the ultimate and I made uh, two cheesecakes with my mom, which we then ate. And then we had a slumber party in my dad's basement. And Did you have a boy-girl slumber party? No. Absolutely not. That's, I'm very that's repressed. That's the ultimate. Oh, my God. <laughs> um, and so we ate cheesecake, and I got the Lizzie McGuire movie for my birthday. And we watched it all night long. <laughs> and I mean all night long like it was one of those things where you would fall asleep to the dvd menu and then i would wake up sleepily and hit play just over and over again (laughs) it was awesome so i watched the lizzie mcguire movie a lot that's really charming (laughs) um i first learned about the saint this is really strange i in the early i think it was in the early 2000s Mm -hmm. um 
I was watching a channel, as you do if you were a youth oh, yeah. growing up in Alberta. Channel 6. Yeah. And um, they had a featurette about the saint, mm. which I didn't really internalize yet. Like, that's Val Kilmer. This is this movie. I was watching this featurette, and they were doing some action stuff and mm-hmm. some behind-the-scenes, like, general movie stuff and, like, interviews with the stars, et cetera, et cetera, kind yeah. of thing. Um, and I remember thinking as a youth, hmm. Oh, this looks cool. What's this? Yeah, this looks rad. Cool. Um, and then they said, and then it's like, coming spring of 1997. Like, it specifically, okay, so here's the part with the memory. Here. Mm-hmm. Now I have to, like, investigate your own memories because <laughs> yeah. you're like, wait, I have to detect this. Okay, so at the time I watched that, and then I remember learning at the time, oh, this isn't a new movie. Like, this movie is already out. And then being kind of disappointed and also confused because... Mm. Streaming services aren't a thing. Like, where would yeah. I get this movie? I guess yeah. the rental place? VHQ. I don't know. Yeah, VHQ in Lethbridge. Movie gallery. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I but they must have said something at the end that was, like, coming spring of 97. And I was like, <laughs> but it's 2002. <laughs> what? <laughs> so there was some sort of, like, discordant thing like uh-huh. that, which was... Wait, what? Weird. It's not 1997. Yeah, like it was definitely, I thought it was a new movie. It wasn't. That's Mm. the end of the story. Weird for A-Channel to be playing that. I don't know if they were like advertising like, and but we're going to be playing it early, later this week. And I just stopped making memories at that point, Uh, as you do when you're 11. Um, I don't know. That was probably it. But in any case, I didn't see it until Mm -hmm. 2017 when... I don't even remember the conversation, but you were like, let's watch The Saint. Because I found out that you had never seen The Saint. Yeah. And I was like, Camille, you must. Ah, and then we did. And then we did. And then it was history. Yes. Oh my God. It's a perfect movie. It's fantastic. It's, (laughs) oh my God. Okay, so. um, So in case you don't know the plot mm -hmm. of The Saint. Please. The Saint is based on a 1960s television show Mm -hmm. originally starring Roger Moore. (laughs) Um, Hashtag world's oldest Bond. Um. (laughs) Uh, and it is, uh, the, the movie came out in 1997. It's starring Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue. And so, um, Val Kilmer plays Simon Templar, this orphan who is raised in a Catholic orphanage. Um, and he is an international thief and he is a master of disguise. And his calling card is that all of his pseudonyms are saints names. Um, and he is tasked with trying to steal the recipe for cold fusion, the formula for cold fusion from nuclear physicist Elizabeth Shue. They now, fall- I like recipe. <laughs> Thank it's you. It's like two parts heavy water, one part paprika. Yes. <laughs> Equals energy. MC squared. <laughs> um, and then they fall in love and uh, the Russian mafia is after Elizabeth Shue um, and everything's fine. And then the energy crisis is solved because Elizabeth Shue releases the formula for cold fusion mm-hmm. open source to the world, mm-hmm. which I will say does not necessarily mean that everyone's going to get it for free. Cause the guy who invented insulin also, uh, made it open source and people can't afford that. So, yeah. you know, yeah. Cause it's not like he was independently also making all of the world's insulin. Yeah. Yeah. 
<sighs> well, the Saint world will have to deal with that. Yeah. Seems pretty good, mostly. Yeah, you know, in terms of, like, Earths, it's probably a pretty <laughs> good one to live on. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, so, like you said, it started with a 1960s TV show. Yes. Before that, <gasps> there was actually a um, RKO series oh. of Saint movies from the 30s and 40s. Holy shit. And before that, um, there was a radio show with Vincent Price. What? Yeah. Oh my god. Yeah. I wonder if we can find it. Yeah, it's one of the longest media franchises of um, of like modern day. Holy shit! Of all time. Yeah. Wow. Good yeah. for you, the Saint. Yeah. Because they just came out with not just like a couple years ago, they came out with the television show, right? Starring Eliza Dushku from oh. Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Oh, was she the Saint? No, um, I don't think so. I don't know. I started watching it and then I was like, I just want to watch the Val Kilmer one. Right, of course. Um, and I <laughs> think, I think, maybe I'm wrong, but I think they're, are, they're trying to make another movie. <gasps> okay, I mean, that makes sense. Yeah. It's IP. Yeah. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Rotten Tomatoes score of this movie is 30%. A travesty. Unfortunately. It's a 300% movie at least. <laughs> Absolutely. I would like to speak to Mr. Tomato. <laughs> I agree. It's extremely, you know what? Um, recently I was around a couple of people who were speaking about like the watchability, the watchability versus the, uh, good ability of like this. Star Wars uh, episodes yeah. one, two, three prequels. Yeah, they're speaking about like they're endlessly watchable, but yes, I mean they're not good movies. No, but absolutely not. They're watchable and they're interesting and they're yes. fun. They're fun. Yes, you know, and this movie's really fun. Yeah. that's why our definitive list of mm -hmm. best Val Kilmer movies, yes, <gasps> is ranked by watchability. A hundred percent. Because if we're going by I mean, if we're going well, for critics... Like, artistic quality. Artistic quality. We're just going to mirror Rotten Tomatoes for the most part. Totally. Which is fine, but boring, and you can literally look yes. it up online. Also, we do not claim to be monoliths of taste. No. No. I've recently watched a number of video essays uh, by um, film people, essayists, and they're so smart. God, I respect them so much. They're like, pointing out this, modern day this got a this mention in this thing if you think about it it's a theme and meanwhile i'm like why did his hair change from this scene to that scene i'm gonna write notes about it yeah. his shirt had stripes um so i feel like we speak for the average person yeah um yeah that being said yeah we are very educated so educated and we Tell stories for a living. Yeah, for shows. <laughs> <laughs> One day, maybe we'll tell this story for a living. What would be funny was like the full the full circle of this is like we write a Broadway musical about the saint. I would a hundred percent do a saint musical. It'd be pretty fun. Yeah. So the thing about the saint. Okay, so um, this version of the saint has uh, Val Kilmer as the saint yes. and Elizabeth Shue as doctor, etc. Emma Russell. Emma Russell, doctor of physics and chemicals yeah, yeah mostly just physics yeah also chemicals <laughs> um thank you camille's pouring me more wine that's right oh you don't you don't want half of this no it's okay are you sure you got it all right i gotta work tomorrow greg can <laughs> cut that out and post that's a treat for him yeah yeah hi um so 
Okay, so we've got we've got those two, and then um, and then uh, a fellow who is a very prominent character actor from the nineties. I'm gonna. Uh, I think his name is uh, Rod. Uh, Rod. No, Rod. No, like Raid. Like Rod. Damn it! I've already. <laughs> I fucked his name up. It's very embarrassing. He was also in Mission Impossible too. It's true, and he was in Eyes Wide Shut as Levi Sobieski's dad. You know who we mean? He has long hair. He's Eastern European. You know he's who we're the, speaking he's about. He's the guy who invents the Chimera virus in Mission Impossible too. That's right. Speaking of Mission Impossible, okay. We cannot, we can't go any further, okay, I, for, I feel like we can't go any further talking about 1997's The Saint without talking about 1996's Mission Impossible starring yes. Tom Cruise. Yes, very similar, very similar mm-hmm. films, mm-hmm. you know, we've got a, a prestige illusionist situation. Yeah. Um, An and- international spy yes. who is um, yep. endlessly flawless and capable yes. and- mysterious and yeah blah 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 blah. yeah so you know mission impossible also based on a 1960s television show also starring um uh uh someone who's in top gun yeah um uh yeah also like about intrigue and and ultimately heisting like mission impossible all mission impossible movies are about heists Mm -hmm. it's all a crazy heist i don't know why they say they're spies Mm -hmm. it's heists it's an information heist. Yeah. I mean, I guess that's just what a spy is, is an information thief. I suppose. <gasps> oh. <laughs> People are spies in real life. That's I bet it's wild. not as exciting as movies make. I have a really cool friend that I met when I, I when I was in London who's doing their PhD in acting and spies. Sorry, what? Yeah. How what was what's how the second part though? <laughs> <laughs> like like how all spies are actors. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah. The highest level, because your audience is like, you have to believe me or I'll be killed immediately. Yeah. It's high stakes. <gasps> That's cool. Yeah. I'd be such a terrible spy, though. Oh, I my God, I know. I tell people about it. Yes. I also think that I'm very funny, and I often <laughs> crack myself up a yeah, lot. Me too. So I don't think I would be a good spy, because I would... Make too many jokes. Yeah, you would be like, I'm Stephanie Button stuff. Hello. <laughs> a local cobbler yes. and business person. Mm-hmm. Yes. Hello. How's it hey, doing? I'm 0069. <laughs> yeah, see, this is why we can't be spies. We can immediately <laughs> kill. Yeah. Um, yeah. <gasps> yeah, but it's, it's so funny because, like, um... We watched, in the history of our friendship and watching things, mm-hmm. we watched The Saint, and then semi-recently in the last year of um, pandemic or so, um, you and I have watched a lot of Mission Impossible movies. Yeah, we have. Um, we've all of them. Yeah, we've watched all of them, and then we've rewatched um, Almost all of them. Almost all of them again. <laughs> um, and then very recently, i.e. two days ago, I watched Ghost Protocol while taking a bath. Ghost Protocol. <laughs> Ghost Protocol while taking a bath. Um, highly recommend that They're all good. Of things. They're so good. Um, and it's funny because we were recently we were rewatching the, like, the original, the first one from 1996, mm-hmm. and the particular scene where, um, Ethan Hunt is communicating with, um, Vanessa Redgrave's character, yep. um, Max, Max, um, with the compute, the internet yes. message board. It's so similar to what, um, yes, what happens in the Saint with the message board, like the yeah. the internet and so kind of like the um, 
aesthetic of what computers look yes. like in the movies is very, very similar. Um, Ali, like you were saying, like they came out in different years, but at the same time, The Saint came out in April of 1997. I think Mission Impossible came out either in the summer or near the end of night. So they were filming at the same time. Yeah. Um, and so, but it is an interesting, it's impossible not to compare them. Yeah. Truly. At, in terms of especially like what potentially a The Saint franchise mm-hmm. might have done for Val. Yeah. So I think, hmm, in many ways it's like, it would have to be a James Bond situation, mm-hmm. I think, where it's like just a new, like, love interest. Yes. Because I feel like right. that story is so complete. Mm-hmm. Either that, or it's like a cool situation where Elizabeth Shue also becomes a master thief. <laughs> yeah, true that. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. It's also something that we discovered through watching the movie where we were like, oh, does, wait, does Simon Templer just act alone? Yeah. And I, he's he an does. Indi- he's an independent contractor. Yeah. Yeah. Versus, um, there's something there's about no having. agency. Yes. There's something about having an IMF where even though in the first movie, <laughs> spoilers. Every movie. <laughs> in every movie, um, the rest of his friends are killed. Yeah. Um, but like he, like, he always goes rogue. He always, yeah, he always goes rogue true. nation. Every movie should be called Rogue Nation. So, like, having the security net of, like, uh, an agency doesn't really do much in terms of the the um, Mission Impossible universe. I guess. But it is so much fun when, like, um, in Ghost Protes, when, uh, when he goes Rogue Nation before Rogue Nation, <laughs> and all of a sudden they're like, all we have of the IMF is just in this... Uh, this train car, like we have these guns, mm, we have these, mm-hmm. and we have these three um, cool tech things. Yeah. And so it's things like when they get to Dubai, that's the movie where he climbs Dubai. <laughs> <laughs> you know it. Um, and uh, and Simon Pegg's character says at one at one point, like, well, we could hack into the server because they're like, uh, we can't hack into the server. You have to go outside the building to get into the server. And they're like, why can't we do an internal one? Um, he said. Well, if we could connect to headquarters, we could, but we don't have that anymore. Uh, and so I think it serves for that extra, like, ooh, look at the tension here. Yes. And it's, like, something comforting that he's part of an agency, like, anyone yeah. else might show up. You gotta get the team back point. together. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas with, I kind of... Because there's such wild resources. Yes. And it also kind of, I don't know, maybe, maybe it's old school, but it feels connected to, like, I don't know, you gotta... There's a reason for you to do this. It's your job. You have an order versus like Simon's. He's just he's like, out. He's, he's out, out there. there. He's signing. He's in it to win it. Yeah. Mm. He's all. He's all or nothing. Yeah. <laughs> he's in the fight to the finish. Yeah. He's, he's Dragon half- Ball Z evolution. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so I don't know. I like that. I like the stakes of like, oh, he doesn't have a partner. He doesn't have someone to like come save him. Mm-hmm. I like that. I like that he's a little bit selfish. Mm. Like, you know, I like that. I think it makes him relatable. Um, I think there are there are aspects of Ethan Hunt's character, uh-huh. not Ethan Hawke. Correct. 
there are aspects of Ethan Hunt's character that mm-hmm. just seem a little like he seems like too overpowered. You know oh, what I mean? Okay. Like yeah, he sure. seems like he's good at everything all the time. Right. And he's also the most noble. Mm-hmm. And 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 I do kind of understand that, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I like the like roguish charm of like a thief who's just out to make eight million bucks by stealing cold fusion. Mm. <laughs> yeah, um, you're right. <laughs> That you is know what he gets into, yeah. Yeah, um, but I think they're. I, it's not an either or. Mm-hmm. But if it was, I would pick the saint. Um, <laughs> uh, over the first Mission Impossible movie, right? Um, well, in terms of, it's interesting because, like, um, when we were watching the movie, you mentioned earnestness. Mm-hmm. Like the first, the the nineteen ninety six Mission Impossible movie mm-hmm. is is similar in so many ways mm-hmm. to this movie. Like it hits a lot of the same notes. Um, it looks like the look of it is really similar. Mm-hmm. Um, but Mission Impossible is really earnest. Um, I don't think there's a single joke. It takes itself like, very seriously. Yeah, yeah. Other than like Emilio Estevez, the amount of time he's in the movie, I think makes a like better hurry up. Yeah. Kind of joke of like, yeah. well, this is hard, but also I'm doing an impressive hacking thing or something yeah. like that. Um, and then he gets crushed. Yeah, yeah. Um, but I feel like this movie, on like the scale, the sliding scale of earnestness, I feel like the saint falls somewhere between like James Bond, Jason Bourne, mm-hmm. like the Bourne universe, mm-hmm. and like Austin Powers. Yeah, is right in the middle. Of yeah, that. and I feel like audiences didn't know what to do with something that's between Austin Powers and Jason Bourne. Yeah, or Mission Impossible, or James Bond, like whatever yeah. is on the like end of that. Yeah, I mean, because in many ways, like, Austin Powers is parodying The Saint and Mission mm-hmm. Impossible. Totally. Um, and it, I just really, like, it just really hits that sweet spot in terms of tone for me, where it's like, oh, like, I understand the stakes. Like, Val Kilmer is going to die of hypothermia, but it's all, but they can also have fun with it. Mm. You know? Yeah. Which is great. Yeah. And I and I also think that like part of him not being in like this government agency helps play into that. Mm. Yeah, yeah. We get like a fair amount of backstory in this movie. We at do. The beginning, yeah, we get to see his whole childhood. Yeah. Well, not really. We get to see like one night of his childhood. Yeah, at the orphans' home for bastards. The bastards in the far east. Yes. Yesterday. Dot dot dot. Yesterday. <laughs> so the so the titles for this it starts with the far east. Dot dot dot. Yes. Yesterday. Um, and then so we get this whole flashback of him growing up, and he has this childhood trauma because, um, inadvertently he is like roundabout responsible for the death of this girl that he had a crush on as mm-hmm. a wee baby. Um. And then, then, and then after that flashback scene, we get to see Moscow, dot, 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 mm-hmm. tomorrow? Yep. Nice. Um, so this movie that is very clearly set in 1997 exists beyond space and time. Yes. Uh, and I wonder, is that, do you think that's maybe a reference to this old TV show? Oh, maybe. Like, that's how kind of they set all of their... Yeah. 
maybe, because it was, you know, upon this watching of The Saint, um, the pref, like, the prologue of being a child in, like, a missionary school really stuck out to me as, for me, unnecessary, Mm -hmm. but it must be a holdover from the show. And it Maybe? must be, it's like some sort of like, no, it's important for people to know that he has no connections and this is how he got his name of the saint. Like this yes. is how he got his saint name. John Rossi. John Rossi. Simon Templar. Yeah. Um, but for me, it just, it was very long. I didn't need it. It didn't affect how I felt about the character at all. I didn't need no. to know he was a bastard orphan. No. It wasn't necessary for me. Unless it was like... And unless then, it was Val Kilmer playing himself as a nine-year-old. Yeah. <laughs> or unless then they go into like a weird... Or not a weird, like, but like a third of the movie is like, okay, now we're investing in like, here's what happened. Like, this is this, this is, character in yeah. teen ages. This and, is like, how he became a thief. Yes. And like, how did he meet thieving experts and like yes. did other people in the school like were they secretly turning all of the kids into thieves that's cool yeah like did, did he go to school with other um thieves who he meets when he's an adult and he's like ah oh, Ra's al Ghul it's you <laughs> I don't know I'm just spitballing here um you know and like different classmates like a reason for us to go into this orphanage that connects mm-hmm at the end or something that like I don't know the villain in the movie maybe he owned the orphanage I don't yeah. fucking know alright movie yeah it does but... seem very like disjointed mm-hmm. I un- um I understand why you would I understand the impulse to like put that in the film hmm. but we also we also don't need it yeah you know we could do other stuff with that amount of time yeah we could spend more time watching Val Kilmer and Elizabeth shoot kiss definitely <sighs> okay so 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 but so last night Camille and I watched the Amazon version of Cinderella <laughs> no. starring Camila Cabello and a Russian prince <laughs> Maybe? Yes. I'll, I'll get his name. I'll get his name. Um, and those two have no chemistry. They have absolutely no chemistry. That whole movie is terribly confused. Um, musically and thematically, it is bad. Don't watch it. If you do end up watching it, please look out for a very casual Handmaid's Tale reference, which maybe implies that King Pierce Brosnan has sex slaves. Um, it's very weird. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we just watched that movie and there's no chemistry. They have no chemistry and mm-hmm. it's, uh, it, it actively deters me from, uh, deterred me from enjoying the film. It's true. Uh, that actor, the actor who plays Prince Charming is named Nicholas Galitzine. Great. Or Galitzine. Great. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the opposite of those two. Mm-hmm. Is Val Kilmer and Elizabeth Shue. Absolutely. Because they have so much chemistry. They do. Oh my god. In a way that makes me realize kind of most movie pairs don't have a whole lot of chemistry. Like it's fine, but not on a level where you're like, oh, it's bubbling. Like it's bubbling through the screen. They are. It's champagne. They're effervescent. Yes. 
They... They are a more sparkling version of ourselves. Uh, <laughs> they are. One, I think Elizabeth Stew... Elizabeth Stew. Elizabeth Stew. <laughs> she has a soup company now. <laughs> That's why she stopped acting. Yeah. Um, and she was a nurse. Yeah. Elizabeth... Hamlet Sh- too. <laughs> <laughs> Elizabeth Shue um, is stunning. Mm-hmm. There's like this real... Because... She plays a nuclear physicist. <laughs> yeah. And Camille, you said it so well when you're like, I hate that I am having a hard time believing that she's a nuclear physicist. <laughs> yeah. Um, but also, you know, I buy her passion for cold fusion. Mm-hmm. But anyway, she's stunning. And she's so like, she's so charming. And her and Val Kilmer have just this... I short-circuited because I was thinking about how electric they are. It's extremely electric. It's on fire. Yeah. It really is on fire. They're so good. Like, I totally buy how much they're in love from the get-go. Absolutely. It's like, so um, Val Kilmer goes, (laughs) like, breaks into her apartment and, like, does all of this, like, reconnaissance and, like, Sherlock (laughs) Holmes, uh, like, builds a profile for her. Um, Also... Elizabeth Shue's apartment in London is beautiful, but like she, <laughs> she like cat on her on her like artistically rumpled bed has a, a black lace bra artistically draped over top of a book of Lord Byron's poems, which I think is very funny. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so he goes in and and Sherlock Holmes is this like profile and builds like ah I'm gonna become the perfect man for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> the perfect man is Thomas More. It's true. Who's got leather pants and a South African accent. Yes. We had to research some of the characters that show up in um, in the movie. Mm-hmm. There's old man science. Old, old man reporter guy. Yeah. Old man cold fusion skeptic. Yep. There's the Australian mustache. Yes. There's the uh, Portuguese vampire. <laughs> um, airport Euro trash. Yes. Um, uh, uh, Texan with glasses. Yep. The Russian maid. <laughs> yes. Um, vagrant outside of the Kremlin. Yeah. What else is there? And, um... And Thomas More. Thomas More. Yeah. Yeah. He, he wears so many wigs throughout this movie. And they They're look so good. Phenomenal. They're really they good so wigs. Good. They look so good. Allie, you made this wonderful comment when, like, at one point, the Thomas More character, who's the, the South African poet, um, like, cuts himself. Like, he, like, sneaks away. Like, sneaks away with a bottle of. Okay, here's the thing. There's <laughs> a lot of stuff here. They're in a bar. Well, first, for, okay, so after he, after he creates this character, mm-hmm. he lies in wait at a statue that she mm-hmm. comes to visit and then deliberately leaves his sketchbook mm-hmm. behind. In so a sunbeam. In a sunbeam for her to pick up. And then she goes to a pub mm-hmm. and she's reading his poetry out loud. That Val Kilmer wrote. Yes, that's a trivia item. Val Kilmer wrote that poetry. She sees him through the crowd. He sees her. He approaches her with a yes. glass of wine in his hand and he sits with her. 
Yeah. And then they share two bottles of $400 wine. Yeah. 400 pound wine. Yeah. Pardon me. Yeah. Um, he leaves with one of them. Because they had this beautiful scene where he was like, I know you. You, I know you. Y'all we high. Um, <laughs> he like spouts out all of this stuff of like, oh, I'm so insightful and insensitive, mm-hmm. and I understand you. Yeah. And she's like, I want to try that. And she's like, also super sensitive and insightful. And she sees him. Uh, yeah. And she can fix him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then. He gets freaked out. He gets a little skittish. Mm-hmm. And he leaves with a bottle of wine. Yes. He um, romantically runs. You know the kind where there's like a long coat and you're like, no, no. You're kind of like <laughs> jostling. You've got the bottle of wine. And then he ducks into a stoop um, on the side and then he smashes the bottle. He drinks from the bottle. He smashes the bottle. The bottle, the wine bottle is smashed. He drops it and then takes a knife and then cuts his own forehead to yeah. look like I slipped. And we were like, why won't you just use the whatever bottle? Okay. Um, and she's running after him. And then he says, I was weeping and, and I, I slipped. slipped. I, was I was thinking of you. Which is the greatest line that's ever existed in any movie ever. Yeah. I want Period. that in calligraphy tattooed <laughs> on my back. You know what? I, it sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was weeping and he slipped. And he was thinking of you. Yeah. Yeah. You, you listener. Yeah. You sweet baby angel listener. Yeah. Oh, fair maiden. Listener. Sweet lady. Um, so that's the Thomas More character. <laughs> Why do we talk about that? Time. Oh, it's because the wig is so good. Yeah, it's so good. The, his wigs are so good. Mm-hmm. He is able to cut at his hairline mm-hmm. and then she like like first aids him mm-hmm. and doesn't notice that it's a wig yeah like she's specifically wiping around there she's looking like yeah. are you more injured she does not see the wig line no she doesn't see what's Ooh, happening no. there yeah that must be some good spirit gum absolutely it, honestly it's amazing yeah um yeah, yeah the wigs are great mm-hmm and they just have such good chemistry. Mm-hmm. I, yeah, I a hundred percent buy that they are goo goo gaga over each other from <laughs> moment one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you have the hiccups? Yeah, because they're so sultry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. <laughs> they're just really dreamy together. Yeah. Are you drunk off of their love? Yes, and also wine, <laughs> but mostly their love, obviously. Yeah, there is more romance um, than I remembered. Uh, yeah, in the movie. Yeah, it's it's, it's a lot. so good. I just think it's yeah. Child me thought that it was the most romantic movie ever made. Hmm. What do you think is the second most romantic movie ever made? Titanic. Yeah, I'd agree with that. (laughs) (laughs) Do I think The Saint is a more romantic movie than Titanic? (laughs) I don't think I can say that. (laughs) I mean, they're doing different things. They are doing different things. Yeah, come on. Yeah. (laughs) Um, I do want to add the trivia item that this is the first big screen Saint, big screen, this is the first big screen Saint movie since the 50s. 
Um, but there were plans for a Saint feature film um, way, way back in the 80s mm-hmm. um, when Pierce Brosnan was reported to be the mm-hmm. very, very first, pardon me, first choice, <laughs> leading from <laughs> Roger Moore. They were definitely going for a Bond theme. I understand. Um, the other, okay, so allegedly, allegedly the other actors were, I'm hoping Greg cuts all these hiccups. Um, he allegedly, won't. I know. <laughs> Sorry, listener. Camille, I'm you got real. the hiccups. It's fine. I, You're I, wasted. I'm, I'm not. I'm not. I just have the hiccups. My diaphragm is out of sync or something. Oh, gosh. <laughs> uh, okay, so the other, I'm sorry, Lizard. Um, the other actors who were supposed to play this character apparently before Val are Pierce Brosnan, Mel Gibson, Kenneth Branagh, George Clooney, Kevin Costner, Johnny Depp, Daniel Day-Lewis, Ray Fiennes, Hugh Grant, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Hugh Grant, eh? That's right. What do you, what? Allegedly. What jumps out as the least likely? Ooh, least likely? For you. I think Arnold Schwarzenegger. Me too. I just think, well, Maybe it's because I'm not attracted to Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm-hmm. but I think because it's such a it's it's the most romantic movie ever made. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's got to be you know. I think you need a good love interest. I also don't think Mel Gibson is good is a good choice. I would watch. Uh, uh, Ray Fiennes fall in love. I would watch mm-hmm. Hugh Grant fall in love yeah. while while committing heists. Oh yeah, if the heists are, I mean, still involved. Yeah. Yeah, but that's interesting. Um, and again, I don't know how very these are all from um mostly IMDb. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I mean, people are just adding trivia items. The Wikipedia of movies. Yeah. So, I don't know about that, but um, it's, such, it's just such a long list. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, and then, um, yeah, and then I found a trivia item um, mm. about... Do you want me to read it? Yeah, about, like, Val Kilmer's difficulties, which he's, uh, which we've spoken about on the podcast before, mm-hmm. because that's one of the things that circulates with Val Kilmer's celebrity status. Mm. Yeah. Good. Okay. <laughs> Uh, a May 1996 Entertainment Weekly set report cited Val Kilmer as being volatile on set, missing call times, and putting out a lit cigarette in a crew member's face, which is also similar rumors to what happened during Island of Dr. Moreau. There, we were talking about um, him putting a cigarette out on, on a crew member. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, you're right. That was like a literal, that was the exact example. Yeah. Um, Elizabeth Shue and producer Mace Newfeld denied Kilmer's conduct, praising his professionalism and dedication, eventually working seven days a week during research, during reshoots three months before the movie's release. There were two rounds of reshoots. Um, hmm. Yeah, I mean, like, it's, I I mean, it's not the same situation, but, like, I think so many actors get labeled as being difficult for various reasons. 
Mm. Like, for example, there's a big thing it, with IOTSE right now. IOTSE's maybe going on strike. IOTSE's the, like, film technicians union. Um, and they are trying to strike because of, like, unbelievably inhumane working conditions. Oh, shit. Yeah, you know, like, 17-hour days... Like, so many people driving home after being super tired. Mm. Um, like, people not being allowed to go to the bathroom. Ooh. Um, and so, and so, like, for example, Catherine Heigl spoke out about how crew members weren't being treated well. And then all of a sudden, she got labeled as being difficult. Or a diva, and then she was never in any other movie <laughs> ever yeah. again. Yeah. Oh, fuck. So, like... Yeah. And it's not the same situation. I don't... We we don't know what happened. Um, it's just... It's... Uh, I think it's easy to... For rumors to get out of hand. Agreed. And you know what? I'm almost inclined to think... Okay, so we know a lot of actors because we're mm-hmm. both theater. We're in theater. We are theater actors. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like a lot of theater actors that are difficult. Yeah. But I feel like, conversely, I would almost say hot take that in in like a Hollywood realm, like a super next level, mm-hmm. whatever, um, realm, I feel like those actors, like for the most part, don't get a reputation of being difficult. Like we actually never hear about it. Yeah. But the ones who do make a stink about that, mm-hmm. or like Harvey Weinstein things, like those yeah. actors get labeled difficult. But the ones who actually are what the average person would be like, fuck, you're difficult to work with, kind of never come out unless it's really unless it happens to be able to come out. Yeah, you know what I mean. I don't know. Hot yeah. take. I mean, I'm outside of it, so I don't know, but. Mm. Um, I recently watched a video essay. Um, oh, they're really interesting. Um, I'm very behind the times here. These <laughs> several years behind the times. Lindsay Ellis YouTube uh, film mm-hmm. essay extravaganza has uh, three The Hobbit video essays, Ooh. which are excellent. They're so fun to watch, even if you're not even super into like The Hobbit mm-hmm. or Lord of the Rings. They're so interesting to watch. She really. Um, she digs into it. She goes to New Zealand. She talks what? to one of the like actors who played one of the the dwarves. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really interesting. And then something that she gets into that they that um, they get into is the I'm I'm gonna give a really small synopsis of it, but um, I guess the also context like Lord of the Rings is my favorite. Those are my favorite movies. Yeah. Here's how to ruin them a bit. Um, so the <laughs> the actors union in New Zealand um, strike like went on strike during the Hobbit movies because they were treated so poorly and they were paid so badly. Mm-hmm. Um, and the way they explained it, which also makes sense, is like Hollywood movies like to come here because they don't have to pay us very much mm-hmm. um, and they don't have to give us very much in terms of rights, which I'm sure is true of. Um, a lot of places in the world where, uh, especially when production, like big productions go to small places mm-hmm. that aren't in like North America kind of thing. Um, and those smaller film unions like don't have as much support and don't have like yeah. as much infrastructure. Um, and so the, the New Zealand, um, actors union like went on strike during the making of those movies. Cause mm-hmm. again, like the days were so long and they were not mm-hmm. paid well and not treated well kind of thing. 
Um, and then there was a huge political backlash for it. And they ended up changing laws in the country hmm. about it. Like laws in the country changed yeah. so that like the prime minister of the country at the time met with um, Miramax mm-hmm. studio, like met with Hollywood studio mm-hmm. representatives to change a law in their country. That's cool. So that the movie could be met there. Um, not in a good way. No, never mind. No, in a bad way. In a bad oh, way. just kidding. Yeah, like to fuck people oh, over. Yeah, no. yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was like a fucked up law that got passed. <gasps> yeah, I know. And so it like kind of, so they speak to a person was like a fan of the films so it was like oh it kind of ruined movie making in our country no um, because hollywood movies come here every once in a while like james, Cam- james cameron comes here and all these yeah. things which is amazing but then there was two years between those things and then yeah. it's impossible for like local filmmakers to make movies mm. kind of thing mm-hmm. um which was really interesting and ah a bummer uh, but really really interesting um especially in terms of like film unions and people being labeled difficult so Mm. one of the so like the particular actor whose name i can't recall who was one of the dwarves um in the hobbit like they speak to him and this person's like in their 70s so like fuck it i live in new zealand i'm 75 i'm just gonna tell you what i feel here's all the tea here's all the tea yeah exactly so they they're just like 100 percent honest about like i don't know this is how i felt like we started as like a really tight group and a awesome fellowship and then it devolved into like we're just um, extras who feel bad about ourselves. I don't know. (laughs) Kind of thing. Like, what's happening? I don't know. Uh, Kind of thing. And, like, they weren't. And they, something about, like, the New Zealand, so the um, New Zealand actors who had, like, featured, like, speaking roles in it were, Mm -hmm. um, had some amount of solidarity with, like, the unions. They were like, Mm -hmm. hey, that's really fucked up. Like, that's not okay. And they Mm -hmm. spoke in solidarity and they didn't get invited to the LA premiere of their (gasps) movie. What the fuck? Yeah. Like, they just, all of them didn't receive, like they were the dwarves, and they didn't receive oh invites to the to the premiere. Um, and so that particular fellow like posted a Facebook status update that's like, because people were like, "Oh, see you in LA," and he was like, "No, no, you won't." They didn't invite me, and I didn't get paid to go. Like I can't, I, I can't go. Yeah. And then the studio contacted him privately and was like, "How dare you post that publicly?" Like okay just calm down why are you angry but it's like the most neutral status ever he's like no i can't go i they didn't pay for me to go and i wasn't invited like you have to be invited to these things um and so there was backlash on that and then um and then they ended up inviting them but like begrudgingly yeah angrily they invited them well at what point do you be like okay well okay if I got invited after Mm -hmm. that fuss i would either go in a gold tuxedo Or yeah. I would not, or I would not go. Yeah. You know, do you go out of spite or do you stay home and chill? Yeah. That's the question. I don't know. I don't know. I, it, you know, both ways make sense to me and that sort of thing. And so it, it's that sort of situation there that like that dude and friends get labeled as like, mm, they're difficult mm. kind of thing. So I feel like that's. I don't know. We've talked about it a couple times on the podcast of like Val Kilmer's difficult label, but like, is he? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Camille and I recently watched the Val Kilmer documentary. It's true. Val. Val. It's excellent. Everyone yeah. should watch it. Mm-hmm. We will do a dedicated episode to it. Absolutely. Um, but the, uh, the takeaway from that is sort of like he didn't really want to play the like 
Hollywood game. Mm-hmm. And so was, you know, earned this label. Whereas, like, I'm so mad because, like, fucking Jared Leto is still making movies and Ugh. he mailed used condoms to his co-stars. Yeah. I hate him. Yeah. I really hate that man. Yeah. I hope he stubs his toe every day for the rest of his life. Agreed. Do you know how many times I've had to see that fucking Morbius, Morbius <laughs> trailer during the pandemic? Because it's the only trailer that's been out. I've been to see it like 17 times. Just give us Top Gun Maverick, Maverick already. For me. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> this is the worst. I know. Anyway. Yeah. Okay. Back yeah. to the same. Yeah. Camille. Yeah. Fuck, Mary kill. Any three Val Kilmer roles in this movie. <gasps> oh, okay. Um, oh, oh. Okay, fuck. Uh, Portuguese vampire <laughs> on the airplane. Okay. Um, Mary, Australian bank heist character because he also, he's got the little mustache and he reminds mm-hmm. me of Kevin Klein in A Fish Called Wanda. Oh, yeah. I see that. Um, and then kill. I'm so sorry. I'm gonna have to say German um, transition lenses, hoodie strings. <laughs> Bruno. Yeah, Bruno. You kill him. I have to kill someone, Allie. Okay, here's mine. Okay. I, I feel bad about killing the old man. Why? I don't know. It's too easy. <laughs> okay, I he's would. Down. He does look really sweet. Yeah, he's very positive. But he doesn't believe in cold fusion. <laughs> I would fuck Australian mustache. Nice. I would marry Simon Templar. Just neutral <laughs> oh, Val Kilmer. No. Oh yeah, okay. Uh, cause how can you improve upon perfection? <laughs> he's Coca Cola classic. <laughs> Uh, and I would kill the Texan guy. Oh, right. I forgot. Because I don't him. care about him. Yeah. 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 That's legit. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's her. Um, <laughs> he's so attractive in this movie. I know. He's such a dreamboat. Is this, oh my God. is this the most attractive yes. he's been? Yes. Yeah. I think so. I'm going to think for a second. I think it is because a lot of these characters, as goofy as they are, are pretty hot. <laughs> yeah. So, like as like as fucking off the wall that Thomas More poet <laughs> in a sunbeam poet laureate. Yeah, by a statue is <laughs> he's very hot. Yeah. Leather pants. Yeah, leather pants. So I've never seen someone pull off leather pants other than Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Yeah. <laughs> It's the second time Buffy the Vampire Slayer's shown up today. <laughs> oh, I'm glad. Was the first one leather pants related? No, the first one was Eliza Dushku. Oh, that's right. There you go. There yeah. you go. Right. Right, right, right. <laughs> um, he's so dreamy. Mm-hmm. I think, uh, yes, I think this is the most attractive he's ever been. Mm. He's very, he's very dreamy in like... Batman. Yes. <gasps> yeah, the gold glasses. Yep. He's very dreamy. Mm-hmm. He's having way more fun in this movie. Yes. 
Absolutely. Oh, by such a wide margin. Like, yeah. he's in his element in this movie. Absolutely. Um, he's super dreamy in, like, Top Secret, but mm-hmm. he's too young for me in Top Secret. Yeah, agreed. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're mature now. We're mature. We're mature. Um, he's very hot in heat. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> what other movies is he super hot in? Like, all of them, because yeah. he's beautiful. Absolutely. He's very attractive in true romance. We don't even see his face. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I found this uh, pretty good article from, uh, this is from TheRinger.com, and this is by Kate Nibbs. Um, this is Revisiting the Saint 20 Years Later, and there were a couple mm. of sound bites I wanted to mm-hmm. share. Um, about this. So, uh, a couple of things that this author says. Uh, so, just prior to the role as international thief Simon Templar in The Saint, so just before this movie came out, Kilmer started with Marlon Brando in The Island of Dr. Moreau. So, for oh. context, that was mm-hmm, the mm-hmm. exact previous film okay. that came out. Um... Kilmer was cast in the film after Bruce Willis dropped out, which we spoke about on that episode about the island of Dr. Moreau, and right after Brando's daughter died, which sent the Godfather actor into a tailspin. (laughs) Obviously, how wouldn't it? Mm -hmm. Um, Brando's onset behavior was erratic, and here's where the author is incorrect, but Kilmer was no less disruptive and had no extenuating tragedy to blame. Incorrect. He was going through a divorce at the time. You did not do your research, Kate. I'm sorry. Um... Yeah, quote, on the rare occasions any filming took place, Kilmer was rude and abrasive. During one scene, he reportedly sat on the ground and refused to stand up. Well, we saw background footage of that, the making of that movie. I mean, anytime there's a making of a movie that is not popular, you know, there were some troubles on that movie that were not just one person. It sounds like a hellscape. Yeah, 100%. Um, What else did this article say? Um, so The Saint was supposed to be the Bourne franchise before the Bourne franchise, which didn't quite happen. Mm-hmm. The Saint opened second at the box office and received Ooh. mixed reviews at the time, but nothing vicious enough to give it notoriety as a stinker. Kilmer discussed the possibility of starring in and producing a sequel with the Chicago Tribune in 1997, but it never materialized. Mm. Yeah. Those were that was that was about it that mm-hmm. I wanted to just give a little bit of context of the things that were before and you know yeah it gets into well Prince of Egypt yeah immediately afterwards yeah mm-hmm. so during this time he was in thr- the throes of the divorce yes the after effects which they had two kids yeah so the the um aftershocks yeah the aftershocks yeah and also actually. Um, in, uh, reading snippets of his book, I think that divorce took, like, five or six years to yeah, actually that, be finalized. That makes sense. Divorces yeah. take a long time. Especially yeah, when especially you've got stuff. Which is fun. And you have property and children. Human property. <laughs> human property? Yeah. Daughters? Yeah. You got it. Chattel. Um, <laughs> dark joke. Um, yes. So, yes, that would have been happening when he was making the same. Yeah. 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 It was a fun time. It was a fun movie. Yeah. I enjoyed watching it. Yeah. Um, so, this is, um, oh, I got really emotional. Uh, <laughs> this, uh, sort of 
completes the list of movies that we wanted to look at mm-hmm. in our analyzation. <laughs> <laughs> what word am I trying yeah. to say? It's analyzation. Analysis. (laughs) (laughs) Our scientific analysis. Our our analysis of Val Kilmer's um, filmography. I think we've seen the best, Mm -hmm. and I think we've seen the worst. Agreed. And just before recording this, Camille and I went into our office and rearranged the the post-its that we have Mm -hmm. um, the movies in order of. In In order of watchability. Yes. So... Should we go top to bottom or bottom to top? Ooh. <sighs> this is... Huh. Let's go bottom to top. Okay, that sounds good. Okay. So this is, um, this is, a, this is a list that we have um, fr- frequently touched in with. With every episode, we usually give a briefing of like, okay, we've just watched this movie. Here's where it lands on the ultimate yep. checklist. Um, so with this movie, we not only place the movie but mm-hmm. we uh we did like Allie said take another evaluation of the list at whole now e- that we've val- got evaluation e- yes i will um of all of the movies that we've watched and where mm-hmm. those plan and, and we kept and when we when we were unsure we asked what would you rather watch again blank or blank yeah and that's how we went through the list yeah. um and so some things actually judged um there was some kind of gentle retooling. Nothing yep. that was so wild that it's yep. like, whoa, yep. what's that one on top now? No. Um, but there was uh, there was some massaging but, yeah. in comparison to previous episodes. Yeah. Some movies didn't age as well as others. Yeah. Especially in terms of like, you want to watch that again? No. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Hey, take us away. All right. So. At the bottom. Last place. Number 30. Shit garbage. We've got Poo Romance. Great. Yep. Bad movie. Yep. Never want to watch again. The only way I would watch it again is if you only cut out the Val Kilmer scenes, (laughs) which would be three minutes of screen time. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think, okay, so the main reason we didn't like this is because of all of the glorified violence against women. Yeah. I also didn't love all the racial slurs. Yep. Those were gross. Yeah. Speaking yeah. of racial slurs and violence against women, we've Go got on. number 29, <laughs> The Missing. Ah! Um, not interested in watching that again. Thumbs down. Yep. Never want to see that. Big... Nope. Yep. Uh, number 28, we've got The Ten Commandments musical. Ooh. Um, not great. No. Still can't think of a single um, I, tune. No. It is... <laughs> The most unmelodic musical I've ever heard. It's true. Yep. Uh, then we've got The Snowman. Mm-hmm. Uh, number 26 is Hard Cash slash Run, Run for, for the, the Money. Run for the Money. Slash In God We Trust. I think there's a third title to that one. <laughs> oh, why not? Yeah. Uh, number 25 is Wonderland. Hmm. You know, I never want to watch that again. No. There was one good scene in the bathroom mm-hmm. with uh, Lisa Kudrow. Lisa Kudrow. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, then we got number 24, The Super. Yep. It was fine. Sounds Spooky right. ghost. Yeah. Whatever. Netflix. Yeah. Uh, number 23, 
maybe arguably one of his best performances, The Doors. Oh, yes. We ranked that pretty low. Controversial. Yes. What a boring movie, though. Yeah. If you're a huge Doors fan, though, obviously the movie would be bumped up. Totally. Um, But we're not. (laughs) More like the Boars. Yeah, the crystal (sighs) ship is sailing away from that port. Yep. Uh, number 22, Thunderheart. Oh, yeah. Yep. It was fine. Yeah, it was okay. Yep. It's a real TV movie. Yeah. Like, oh, this is on in the afternoon. Yes, yeah, it's big movie channel energy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, number 21, Ghost in the Darkness. Mm. Yep. Also fine. Also afternoon. Yep. On the movie channel. Uh, number 20, The Salton Sea. Ugh. Self-indulgent. Yeah. Watch that again. No. Number 19, Red Planet. Okay. Sci-fi at least. Yeah. Planet. Yeah. (laughs) You know, uh, bugs making oxygen. Yep. Uh, Number 18, The Island of Dr. Moreau. Mm. What a wacky world. It's true. Number 17, Willow. Mm Mm-hmm. It was fine. Yeah. Good chemistry between Joanne Wally and Val Kilmer. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> you know what? It is true. Yep. Uh, number 16. Top Gun. Yep. It's a great soundtrack. It is it a great really is. And they play beach ball volleyball. It's true. Beach ball volleyball. Oh, just beach volleyball. No, beach ball volleyball. <laughs> yeah, it's really cute. There are some cute moments and iconic moments and like the yeah. movie's fun to reference and it's everything about it is distinct enough that it's interesting. Yep. But not really. Yep. <laughs> bum 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 bum. Bum bum bum. Bum bum bum. Number 15. Yeah. Real genius. Yep. Yeah, it's fun. They Great. turn a house into popcorn. Mm. Uh, <laughs> he's a real genius. He's a real genius. Yeah. Number 14, Pollock. Yeah. Not really a Val Kilmer movie, but yeah. it's very good. Yeah, it's pretty good. Uh, uh, number 13, Deja Vu. Mm-hmm. Also not really a Val Kilmer movie. No. But well, it's it pretty fun. Washington movie. Yeah. It's a good time. Uh, number 12, <laughs> At First Sight. Speaking of chemistry. Yeah, hello. Hmm. Oh, the barn? Remember when they're in the barn? Oh, it's raining. Yes. Yeah, it's pretty good. I watched that movie again. Yeah, me too. Uh, number 11. McGroover! <laughs> so much better on a rewatch. Yeah. Yep. That movie aged like fine wine. Yeah, really did. <laughs> this is not something I don't think even Will Forte would imagine people would say about. <laughs> uh, okay. And the top ten well, coming top in 10. at number ten. We've got Tombstone. Uh huh. I'm your Huckleberry. I'm your Huckleberry. He's pretty. He's pretty hot in that movie. Yeah, he is. And Billy Zane's there for a sec. Oh, Billy Zane is <laughs> so beautiful. I know. Oh my god, his face. Uh, number nine, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh-huh. Number eight, Bad Lieutenant. Also- Port of Call New Orleans. Port of Call New Orleans. <laughs> not to be confused with Bad Lieutenant. Of course. Uh, also not really a Val Kilmer movie, mm-hmm. but 
an awesome movie. But an awesome movie. You fucks. You fucks. I should kill you both right now. You're the reason America's going down the toilet. Shaving behind a door. <laughs> shaving behind a door. Oh, uh, yes. Oh my god. So good. Okay. Number seven. Mind Hunters. Mind Hunters. Um, me and Mike recently rewatched this you movie. You did? Yes. <laughs> Guess what? It's still awesome. <laughs> um, number six. Alexander. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. The great. ultimate cut. Yes. Yeah. Number five, Batman Forever. Yep. Yep. It's great. Yeah, it's a Batman movie. Yeah. What do you need? Number four, Top Secret. Yeah. Yeah. Underrated. Agreed. Number three. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> motorcycles. <laughs> I would watch that movie again immediately. Yeah, same. Uh, number three, Heat. Yeah. Fucking spicy. Yes. Okay, and coming in at number two, we have a tie. <gasps> They're very different movies, but when it comes down to, like, what's the second best Val Kilmer movie? Yeah. Rewatchability. Rewatchability-wise. We've watched, okay, for these two movies, we've watched one of them three, twice yep. since the podcast began, and the other one... Three times. If not more, maybe more? Maybe four. (laughs) So, uh, we have watched The Spartan twice. Mm -hmm. And we have watched The Prince of Egypt at least three times. Maybe four. Maybe four. So, those are tied for the second best Val Kilmer movie. Absolutely. And obviously, coming in at number one, Numero Uno, Ichiban. Is the saint. the saint 1997? The, the saint. saint. It is, in our humble opinion, mm-hmm. the best Val Kilmer movie to ever exist. Obviously. Thank you, Val. Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate you yeah. so much. You've been very important in uh, in this chapter of our lives. Mm-hmm. You will continue to be important in our lives. It's true. You will never not be important in our lives. Uh, yeah. That's a fact. Yeah. Yeah. Like, there's no point in our future, even if we live to 115 years old, where we wouldn't be like, oh, Val Kilmer. Yeah. Oh, I think he did. Oh, yeah. uh, painting. Yeah. Yeah, there's no point where we'd be like, Val who? Huh? I, what? Kilmer who? Oh, uh, what? I what? didn't really keep Say up what? with those movies. Yeah. Yeah. Forever you've embedded yourself positively in our lives. Yep. So thank you for that. Yeah, thanks. Um Yeah. Yeah. Anything else to say about that? What did you get what what do you rate the saint? I rate it ten thousand <laughs> fake mustaches out of ten thousand yeah. excellent wigs. Great. Great. What about you? A hundred, um, Palladian cathodes out of a <laughs> hundred electron didymas. Didymas. Yeah, whatever Elizabeth she said. Didymas. I don't know. Uh, Yeah. Did you know that you can actually turn lead into gold now? 
Go on. What? Alchemy's real? Yeah. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah, I was thinking about it. This is a <laughs> weird final tangent for the very end of this episode. Please. But I was thinking about like the difference. Be- I was looking up the difference between um, fission and fusion. Mm-hmm. And then also like, cause, so fu- fusion is bringing two atomic particles together to fuse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fission is blowing up an atom. And, like, alchemy is, like, changing the number of electrons that are, like, flying around a nucleus. Okay. So, the atomic weight of lead is, like, 82, and the atomic weight of gold is 79. So, you just gotta, like, fire off, like, a couple of electrons in order to turn lead into gold. Wait, does it, like, color change, too? Yeah. Fuck. Yeah, it's just the process is so expensive, it's not worth it. Oh, hilarious. <laughs> yeah. But that's, okay, that's pretty wild, though. Like, just for, like, right? alchemy's sake? Yeah. It's a pretty big deal. Yeah, man. Holy shit. Wow. Anyway. Cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, well. Bye. Bye. We love you very much. We love you very much. There will be more special episodes. We're going to talk about the Val Kilmer documentary. Yeah. We're going to talk about Maverick. Obviously, in, yes. Obviously, Top Gun. Um, yeah. And other movies he will come out with as yeah. he continues to live and make movies. Yes. Um, we might have a special episode about his visual art. Yeah. Where we do a clip show. I don't know. Yeah. You know, if you would like us to buy a Val Kilmer painting, send us some money. Mm-hmm. Um, if you'd like us to send, if you'd like us to read an email, send us one, <laughs> uh, at the at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Great. Well, well, love you. Love you. Bye. Bye.